Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. I am your boy Buzz, and I'm joined by Tony on Tap. We are here with another special episode of Socks on Tap. We are joined by Matt Zawaski, Father Zoe, Southside Zoe. He <laughs> is going to hang out with us here today. We're going to talk some White Sox baseball, what we did this weekend, and and you know probably a lot of other shit. So it's going to be a fantastic episode, so stick around. Be sure to go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Following us on Twitter, at SoxOnTap, and at ontapsportsnet. Tone, we'll start with you, and then we'll get into Zoe here. I mean, how's your weekend going, bud? Buzz, long time no see. Uh, I think you left the house with, uh, about one last night. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I just cracked a... Um, a margarita in a bottle and i'm nice i've got, I got this, to just drink to get rid of the headache here i've got this giant diesel from comiskey from two weekends ago and instead of drinking like you know four or five beers as i normally do throughout the podcast i'm just gonna crack this one right here and drink this thank you comiskey i know it's after one o'clock but i'm gonna call this a lunch beer because i haven't ate anything yet um I'm, I'm hanging in there. Uh, I got to bed about four thirty, five o'clock last night, Buzz, after everybody left. Shut everything that's not down. That's not night. That's morning. Buddy. It is morning. The sun was starting to peak up, and uh, my neighbor said it's time to pack it in. So we, we, we shut it down then. Uh, but, you know, you guys had some fun with the fights. Uh, we ordered the fights last night. Uh, you, you broadcasted live with, uh, with Pat Bodeway from the garage. Uh, you, it, was a, it was a good night. Uh, it was definitely a good night. Um, but here we go. I'm going to, I'm just going to start drinking again and, and get back on this train. So I'm ready to talk White Sox baseball. Uh, let's turn it over to Zoe though. Zoe, let, uh, let everybody know where they can find you and, uh, let us know how your weekend's been, man. Yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, as always, you can find me at Southside Zoe on Twitter, uh, host the podcast pinwheels and Ivy pod, uh, on Twitter as well. Uh, those are the main spots uh, as far as the weekend's concerned. Um, right now, it's pretty low-key for me. Uh, my wife's pregnant, and there's a virus, so we kind of just stay inside the house a lot. Um, I think I've drank more bush light than I've ever have in my life, which is something <laughs> I never thought I'd say, but when it's you know 12 to $14 a 30 rack, you can't really go wrong, and that's why... When Buzz invited me on the show, I made sure to have some bush lights here ready because we can't go on the on-tap shows without cracking them, as you guys like to say. So, oh, love it. My man. My man. Oh, it's so cold. <laughs> and congratulations yeah, on, on, on the wife, man, being pregnant. I know you're having a little boy, which is yep. fantastic. Uh, when boy. is she due? Uh, first week in November. So oh, perfect. Yep. That's we great. just got over to the halfway hump here. So 
everything's going good. And I guess one of the good things about not being able to go anywhere, it's given me a lot of time to, you know, get to work on his room and get some other stuff going. So my lawn is impeccable. So (laughs) (laughs) got that going. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. Just a lot of getting stuff done, man, working on just getting better every day working out twice a day, just trying to keep mental clarity. And then at night, enjoying the lattes as much as I can. That's fantastic stuff, man. We might have to set up an, an arranged marriage here because my wife is due August 21st. So, mm. um, you know, we have, you know, Zoe Squire's baby, a Zoe Buzz baby. <laughs> and they, oh. you know, they, they can get together and, you know, at least like we this, know. I each feel other. like this could be dangerous. Yeah. I think it'd be, I think it'd be mm. awesome to the father-in-laws like each other. They yeah. like to drink beer. They like the white. We like all the same sports teams. I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be fantastic. I mean, it's a match made in heaven. So <laughs> so without further ado, man, let's get into this episode here. Zoe, we got some questions, man. We just wanted to ask you, you know, uh, we'll, we'll start with the first one here. Um, the MLB draft is coming up on June 10th and the 11th. It's uh, only five rounds. And I know you guys do a lot of deep diving on pinwheels and ivy. Um, what should the Sox approach be? And are there any prospects that you're looking for for the Sox to grab anybody that stands out in your mind who they should draft in that first round yeah I mean this is a a draft for a lot of different reasons like we've never seen before I mean obviously the thing that sticks out is the it only being five rounds but a big thing to take into consideration is you know a lot of these especially high school kids they didn't get a senior season and I mean as you know someone that played high school athletics and you know I'm sure a lot of people at on tap and that listen did the same people grow between their junior and senior year of high school. So, and you continue to grow and it's, it's really interesting. I mean, the white Sox haven't gone a high school, anything bat or pitcher in quite some time. And I'm okay with that, but this year it seems like there's a lot more interesting high school. Oh man. I pounded that bush lead. I got burps. Uh, <laughs> a lot of high school, you know, up and comers, I personally, I mean, a little home cooking right away is the kid that I like. I like the Ed Howard kid out of Mount Carmel High School in Chicago. He's a shortstop. He was, you know, he was on that Jackie Robinson team in the Little League World Series. The kid's just an all-around stud. He's a great kid, 6'2", 185 pounds. Uh, He's committed to Oklahoma. Really smooth game. Talks a lot about how big of an influence Tim Anderson has been to him, which I think is really cool. Um, he's a great, he's, I think he's a better defender than TA. Uh, the bat's going to have to come to work, but, um, from what I've been told as well as he's looking to sign right away. Like as soon as he gets, he's, I mean, Oklahoma's cool and everything, but the kids got the goods, but I don't know if they go that way. Um, a lot of people like the left-handed pitcher, uh, Reed Detmers out of Louisville. Um, I mean, he's got some good stuff. I don't see him falling to 11, to be honest with you. I personally don't think he gets past Colorado. Um, some of the other names, uh, the one that I really like is the catcher, Patrick Bailey, switch hitting catcher from North Carolina State. Uh, pop from both sides. Um, <laughs> my guy, Mr. Aloha, Mr. Han. He, uh, he messaged me on the side after our latest episode. He's like, Patrick Bailey's good, but if you watched his his feet and his throwing motion, and to be honest with you, no, I haven't. And so, of course, when Mr. Hand speaks, I listen. The man is a fountain of knowledge. Yes. So I went and uh, I didn't. I went to school. 
I'm always looking to go to school. I love it when people point stuff out like that to me. And he's absolutely right. But the thing to me is, you know, the White Sox got some new people in their developmental system. They got some new scouts, you know, some new things going on there. And footwork and throwing motion, those are things that could be fixed. You know what I mean? Like you can get into that and you can work on that. And it's not like the Sox are dying for a catcher right now. Lord knows we got a thousand of them. So I was going to say though, Zoe, do you believe in the development of Zach Collins? I think if you if you do take this flyer on Bailey, what does that say about Zach Collins? And obviously we had uh, Sebi Zavala and Yerman Mercedes mm-hmm. also there. Then you've got James McCann and Grandal. There, right. There's no need for another catcher on this roster right now. But if you see them take a flyer on a guy like Bailey. What it, do you think that sends a message to Zach Collins? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, I've made it so Mercedes in my mind is a DH. Um, Collins in my mind is going to be traded in a package, and I'm sorry for Collins fans out there. Uh, Sevy has gotten chances, and I, I'm actually a fan of his. I just don't know, you know, when he's going to get there. I don't see James McCann sticking around on the White Sox for that long either. So, I mean, I know it's hard to see the woods past the trees here, but, like, I think we're going to see some of these catchers dissipate. And if this Patrick Bailey kid is as good as I think he's going to be, I mean, there's definitely room for improvement. He got a 50 grade on the, you know, the 58 or the 80-80 scale. But um, I think he's good. I don't necessarily, like, desperately want them to take a catcher. And I guess that actually brings me to the end of the point here is – I can see them going high school in the first round because there is the high school that Tyler Soderstorm kid. He's a, a great player out of California. He plays catcher third base and outfield, but so does every good athlete in high school. So, you know, that's, we'll see where he ends up. I mean, MLB's got him at a catcher. Um, who's the other kid? Oh, this kid, Austin Hendrick outfielder out of Pennsylvania. Um, wild swing. Have you guys ever seen this kid swing? I have not, but uh, just like you, I'll go to school on that one after this show. So watch his front foot, tap, 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 swing. It's like a timing thing. Like he literally does like a mini like cha-cha slide thing with his front foot, and it's wild. But, you know, it's a timing thing. It's something that, again, they can work through. Um, But, yeah, I guess the other two names were Garrett Mitchell from UCLA and Heston Kurgisnad. I butcher names. If you listen to Pinwheels and Ivy, I butcher names. Hey, that's that, like that, my So do I, man. Don't. Uh, <laughs> that, that puts you right here with uh, with the best of us uh, on this show. Uh, I yeah. think Johnny, he's not with us. Uh, Johnny's up in Colorado right now, um, enjoying Jones. enjoying some beers in the in the mountains. But um, he he actually pronounces things right, Buzz. Unlike us. Yeah. No, I'm I'm terrible. I yeah, should, should we, get, we fit in well together. Should we get the rolled yep. R out of the way? <laughs> like yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have to ask though to do the rolled R. I know like, people hate that, and they always tell me it's not Luis Robert, it's Robert. And I'm like, I understand that, okay. Yeah. And I still like to roll the R. I think rolling the R is cool and tough, so that's why I do it. <laughs> so, so we're gonna have to ask you to roll. We're gonna have to ask you to roll the R real quick, man. Can you can you do it? White Sox Dave refused. He wouldn't do it. I can't. But we do had it. quite. You can't do it. No, I can't do it. It's not a refusal. I just can't do it. So I'll stick to La Pantera or uh, future all-star number 88. But, um, yeah, so the other thing that I saw that I thought was real interesting, I guess, to put a bow on this, 
is there's a good chance that maybe the White Sox take the best bat available when they come up to pick and then slap that together with a package with like a guy like Zach Collins and make a trade for a current MLBer to make them better now. Because as we all know, that window's starting to open right now for the White Sox. So if they don't really have faith in any of these kids, so maybe you go get a Patrick Bailey because somebody else wants them, and then you go get yourself a you know a reliever or whatever. But um, it's an interesting draft. Five rounds, no senior season, a lot of pressure. Um, yeah. So that's I guess sorry for getting a little long winded, but yeah, that's I'm pretty I've emerged myself in this MLB draft in the last like week and a half just to kind of put my brain somewhere else. Right. You know, that's not wrong with that. It wasn't long-winded at all. You you know, you named a lot of prospects that we should be looking at and that fans that are interested in the draft should be looking at. So that's, you know, is a perfect answer. Um, you know, if a 2020 season is, you know, played, which I know we've heard a lot of rumors, you know, you see some guys tweeting out that we're not going to see baseball. You see other guys saying that, you know, uh, a deal is going to get done and we will see baseball. If a 2020 season is played, what are the biggest keys for the Sox if they want to make the postseason? Uh, well, depending on the length of the season, after all this bullshit that's going around, it's just there's no buffer time. You know how, like, in a normal season in March and April, you're like, okay, they're figuring it out. They're going to come back around, have a nice sprint in June, July, whatever. You, you don't have time for that. This is going to be like baseball we've never seen before. Uh, it's going to be like playing MLB The Show and you just simulate a bunch of months and you just have to play good every time you get a chance. So um, to have a successful shortened season like this, especially with all the new parts, they're just going to have to really just mesh right out of the gate. And I'm encouraged because you saw what went down in spring training and you're seeing a lot of this offseason stuff and all the complimentary stuff, especially like guys like T.A. and Giolito who have – taken over leadership roles and stuff like that. And they've added a lot of veterans, you know, Grandal and, uh, and Carcion and Car uh, Edwin. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. That's my big thing is I, they need to, it needs to, there's no buffer. It's, you got to hit the ground running. So, uh, which White Sox player are you most excited to see in action if we get this season this year and why? Well, the the most uh i mean you got to be excited about like i said number 88 future all-star center fielder la pantera <laughs> um i mean he's just a complete package and I think he's talking about luis robert right now. yes luis that, that, robert. Is, I, that is the guy that is the guy i'm <laughs> i'm mentioning here uh i mean when was the last time that you saw all of white Sox twitter like collectively live streaming Double and, tri double and triple A ball games. Like, everybody just wanted to watch this kid play. He's a freak of nature, and I just can't wait to see it on a professional level. And it's great to see, you know, via his Instagram stories that he's still working really hard every day. He's not – there's a lot less Instagram stories of him eating Domino's pizza, which is encouraging. Um, I mean, dude, I can do that, but you don't do that, Louise. Um, and then – I think I'd be taken to the woodshed by a couple people on Twitter if I didn't say, I'm excited to see Nick Madrigal, man. You know, you I got to see. You and I got into this one this week. Just a little friendly banter on the on the timelines there with the, with yep. the Nick Madrigal stuff. Yeah, it started because uh, Uncle Beef 
said that his bold prediction was that they don't play magical this season. And I was just busting chops. I mean, it's funny to me though, how one player like magical has like, it gets people so fired up on both sides of the coin. It's just, it's wild. Yeah. It's polarizing to see the opinions on him. It's, it's wild. And I mean, he's just like some little kind of ho-hum dude, like, you know, I hit baseballs. I don't strike out. I'm an above-average fielder, but he's turned into like this, like almost cult icon on White Sox Twitter. And it's, <laughs> it's funny. I hope he plays. I can. I mean, Beef Wolf made a really good point on why he wouldn't, but I'm really excited to see him at a major league level. And then, as far as free agents are concerned, that they picked up, I mean, it's got to be Grandal. That to me, that was just such a great move it instantly makes your pitching staff better it instantly helps with other players on the team you know he's from miami but he has that latin influence and the team is very you know heavy latino players and i don't know i just think grandal is going to be really going back to that they need to mesh right out of the gate he's going to be a huge part of that and that's probably my favorite free agent pickup with grandal I'm. Go, I'm sorry, Tim. Go ahead. I was gonna. I was just gonna ask him what what he expects out of the pitching staff. He didn't. He didn't really touch on pitchers there. So mm-hmm. curious to see on the other side of the ball, who are you most excited to see, and what do you expect out of these guys from this year? Um, I've stood pretty strong on the stance that I think. So we saw rock bottom Giolito, and then we saw all star Giolito. I think he comes more to the mean now. You know, we see more of what he should be from here on out, which I think is going to be closer to all-star Giolito. I got, I hope it's going to be closer to all-star Giolito. Um, and again, adding a guy like Grandal is only going to help. I know McCann played a huge role in getting Lucas right between the ears, but, um, and you know, what if they McCann stays on and he just does the whole kind of what the Cubs did with uh, Ross. Yeah. With Ross, just yep. make him. So uh, I've always been a Dallas Keuchel fan. I think, uh, if you're going to keep getting these ground ball pitchers, um, I think T.A. has the right mindset. You're seeing him doing a lot of infield drills because uh, if you're going to have a ground ball pitcher, you better have an infield that can field ground balls. So uh, that makes me a little bit nervous, but I also feel somewhat confident. And I'm going to just put this out there for anyone listening that has never listened to me talk or seen me tweet. I am an optimist. When it comes to the White Sox, if you're looking for someone just to come over here and poop on everything, I'm not the right guy for that. Um, I do try to see see things realistically. It's just I'm not as down on this team as others might be. Um, But that's another reason why I'm very excited about having a guy like Nick Madrigal, who just won a gold glove in the minors last year. You get all these ground ball pitchers up there. You have a gold minor league gold glove second baseman coming up who's proven that he can do it. Uh, That's going to be a huge help. Um, where are we at? Keiko, and then shit. Um, you've got, got Kopeck and Rodon coming back as well. Um, yeah. Expectations for those guys. Because as of right now, is right around when we would start to be seeing that Carlos Rodon news start to come. Right. Up. You know, this guy would be nearing the return point. Um, and then you got Ray Lowe. Um, you know, you've heard Cease. Some crazy, Cease. You've got you've got so many different options. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them are are guarantees. I think you know what you're probably going to get out of Dallas Keuchel out of everybody yep. the most because you you brought up a good point with Lucas Giolito. Where does he where does he fall in between 
that rock bottom and that all-star level pitcher. Uh, Dylan mm-hmm. Cease can't make it out of two innings unscathed, uh, but he's got nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. If Reynaldo Lopez, his head is right, and you unleash him, he's got some of the nastiest stuff in the rotation alone. We no idea what we're going to get out of Michael Kopech. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't even seen him uh, throw live action outside of, what was it, one inning or two innings of baseball early on in spring. Um, yep. So you have no idea what you're going to get out of that. Uh, it, it, and then there's Gio Gonzalez. Will will this guy ever throw a pitch? <laughs> uniform? That, that's the question. Let's wash this year. And then where? Right. Like, what, it was that was that the straw that broke the camel's back? Like, if you, if you, <laughs> we do tinfoil hat theory. The reason we're not playing baseball right now is because the White Sox attempted to utilize Gio Gonzalez <laughs> in the starting hilarious. rotation right now. I didn't go round table on that one, but it's just it, it's. There's so many options here, but I, I don't know exactly what you're going to get out of some of these guys. So what are, you, what are you expecting out of some of those names? Right. So I'm, you know, I, I stick to my guns. I've been a Dylan Cease fan for a while. And he, my theory with Cease is he always has that one bad inning. There's always that one inning and then he comes back and shuts it down. But the thing is in that one inning, he gives up six, seven runs, mm-hmm. you know? So um, like, kind of like I was talking about earlier, that's fixable. That's not something that, you know, so I think Cease can have a big year. Um, Raylo, I, I just think Raylo is going to be solid. I don't, I mean, I'm not expecting more than a five spot for him, a fifth starter, but Raylo, we've seen flashes of him being good. Uh, I think you know what you're getting with Gio. Um, so I guess here's my hot take, if you will. But I said this on uh, Herb Lawrence's show way back when before COVID even started and all this other stuff, but I would not be upset if Michael Kopech is the White Sox closer. Oh, oh do we, wow. Do so we have, is that, do we have the meatball take of the day already this early in the show? I, 20 I, minutes I in and we're we giving, away, giving away the end content here. Yeah. I got to stick to my gate. I mean, I hope he's a great starter. I, I mean, I, if he does the career path of like a John Smoltz, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm all for that. But I think the way he throws, the injury history, and what we've seen him do in, you know, one and two inning sprints, I, I just – I see him being a lights-out closer. I see – I want it to be on the south side, and I think that's going to make his career that much longer. Now, the same thing kind of goes with Carlos Rodon. I wouldn't mind him being like an Andrew Miller. So – the hard part is these guys see Garrett Cole and Garrett Cole getting racks on racks. You know, he's got more paper. You could probably fill my entire house with just hundred dollar bills, but you don't see the closers getting that big of money. And so what is going to need to happen is someone's going to need to convince them that if you want a longer career, where you're going to eventually make more money over time and you could be an asp- a vital piece to a winning team, you may have to think about not being a starter. And that's more Carlos Rodon because, dude, he had blood in his muscles. Like, that's pretty messed up when you think about that injury. So I know he's, you know, a fighter. I know he's going to come back. And, you know, it's always great to have a lefty. But, again, I see him as more of like an Andrew Miller. But, yeah, I guess – my thing with Michael Kulpik, I just, I really, I can't shake this where I think he'd be a great closer. 
I really do. But if he has to be a starter for a couple of years, so be it. I know they're not packed with pitching. How did, but, how did you feel about Chris Sale when they tried to move him to the bullpen? I'm just curious because you're bringing, right. up, you're bringing up another power pitcher. I, I mm-hmm. know, you know, and there was a lot of heat around that when that was taking place. Right. Um, and, were, were you a Sale for closer guy? Well, Sale started out in the bullpen. And, you know, I guess, yeah, I mean – I don't want to sit here and say I bat a thousand. I was like, yeah, you know, he's great out of the bullpen and everything. And, you know, it was, he made Chris, we all know Chris Sale's not shy to say what he thinks and, or cut up shit or whatever, but he made it very clear that he's a starter. He wants to be a starter. He wants to be, and then now he's a potential hall of fame starter. So it is what it is. I mean, I would, again, and I can't say this clear enough. If Michael Kopech turns out to be a Chris Sale, I will be the happiest man in the world. I just personally think that career longevity, helping the team, just if they can have him as a complete shutdown, lights out, Araldis Chapman type closer, I would not be upset. Definitely dig the take. I mean, I I was surprised to hear you say it. I just going back in the in the past when you know. We, used, we were talking about Kopech coming up and how excited we were for the initial Kopech day. I, I still have, you know, aspirations that he mm-hmm. he's going to, you know, he could hopefully stay healthy and be a, a starter. And the guy, the kid's drive is unbelievable. I mean, yes. he's very, very mature for his age. He's got great stuff and we've seen it, you know, we, we, we've seen it. Um, but I guess I never really allowed myself to think what it would be like if he would just be, you know, he'd be a closer. I've heard, you know, things in the past, I think, Zoe, you and I even had this discussion, if I'm not mistaken, on Twitter about us talking about moving Raylo to maybe a, a role like that because mm-hmm. it just seems like he gets to that first part of the order usually, or he did. I know his numbers last year weren't great, um, but uh, the year prior, would that be 2018, correct? Yeah, 2018, yep. um, he was great. Yeah. yeah, first, first time, time to that's the order. Huge. He, yep. Yeah, he was huge. So, you know, it was like a, a bullpen role for him, you know, maybe a closing role for him. I, I kind of always thought that. Um maybe in his cards, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just want Kopech to succeed as a Sox fan. I kind of tend to side where you, I'm, I'm overly optimistic. I'm like that a lot. The only team I think in Chicago, I'm not like that with is the bears is because they've just killed me. I've got nothing left in the gas tank. <laughs> while, while, um, we're on the, while we're on the closer topic and Zoe, you probably saw this and I think we've, we've passed the point the, the statute of limitations on, on giving things away. Uh, the one Oh eight, three things with Jordan Lazowski. I think we kind of briefly touched on this one with the, uh, I forget what the topic was here, but you brought it up. It was the Nick Madrigal discussion um, mm-hmm. and, and their bold takes. Jordan Lazowski's bold take. Did you hear that one, Zell? I have not caught up with those. I've, I'm almost all the way caught up with the three things episodes, but I have not watched Jordan yet. I'm, okay. You can ruin it for me. I'm going to ruin, ruin it yeah. for you. Just because we're talking about closers. Spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you haven't watched the 108 Three Things with Jordan Lazowski, uh, you could feel free to flip the show off and, and go over to, what is it, from the 108com uh, I believe mm-hmm. they've got those episodes up there. You could find them on Twitter, uh, at from the 108 uh, He had a bold take, uh, and, and, and Buzz, I think you're going to get excited about this one because um, you're, you're, you're a big fan of this guy and I, and I know you are because you like head up the fan club with Jordan on him uh, he said the first time that uh, Alex Colomay blows a save it's time to bring in Carson Fulmer and try him out <laughs> in the closer role <sighs> oh, I don't first of all I didn't like your tone 
<laughs> Second of all, yes, I, I do. I do like Carson Fulmer because I think he's a good kid, and I do think he has decent stuff. Me and, uh, me and White Sox Dave have talked about this a few times. You know, uh, Fulmer last prior to last season had went to driveline to you know fix his pitching mechanics, right? So he was mm-hmm. trying to do something out of the box not within the White Sox organization to get better. And you saw Lucas Giolito go back to to his old roots with his high school pitching coach and stuff like that and get fixed. Obviously kind of didn't, it didn't work out for Carson very well. Um, but where I do differ from Jordan Lazowski in, in, in this, in this sense here is he does not like column a. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand under, it. I, I don't understand That's it, man. That guy came in and did his job when the White Sox were two games under 500 going into the break last year. I mean, we, we were all on cloud nine. None of us expected that to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, column a was a huge, huge part of that. And it was just like, well, he's going to fail. Cause you know, the stack cult, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's going to, he's going to fail DM, because of marks. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, Oh my God, we can get sued. I gotta be careful. Um, you know, he <laughs> by ourself. Yeah, we get. Yeah, I gotta. We gotta throw the TM. Yeah, I'm gonna get sued by Johnny. I don't want to. I don't want to do that. But he he was saying within the numbers he's going to break down, and we saw time and time again that didn't happen. So would I be upset if they, you know, gave Carson Fulmer a whack at that? I, I want to. I, I might want to see it, but I, I don't know. You're paying somebody ten million dollars for you to close ball games, and he closes ball games. Like, right? What other role do you want him in? If if they did not believe in Alex Calame. As the closer, they don't pick that up. That's that's my statement right there. I, I now, agree. Did you guys see, and I forgot who did it. Shit. Someone in White Sox Twitter threw up a highlight package of Fulmer at Vanderbilt. Right, Vanderbilt. He went to Vanderbilt? Yeah, Vanderbilt. Yep, yep. And his shit was like. It's filthy. It's just complete filth. And I didn't know he went to driveline. That's awesome. That I really believe in that place, so that's cool. But I, I mean, cards on the table. I'm not a Carson Fulmer guy. I, I feel like he's gotten every chance. But again, if he comes back and he helps, all I care about is helping the team. Everyone in White Sox story, you can ask every single person in White Sox story, thousands of people. Everybody has that guy that they just don't like. Everybody does, and you know what I mean. And you also have a guy that you irrationally like too much. You know, and it's just it's one of the million great things about being a White Sox fan or a baseball fan in general. But Carson Fulmer has just never done it for me. Uh, Jordan, I think that's funny. Jordan's an awesome guy. I think that's funny that he went out on that limb. Um, but if he can get back to the Vanderbilt Carson Fulmer, well, shit, that could be it. Throw him in the setup role. It's a very you know, big. I mean, that'd be huge if he was able right. to get back to Why that. I mean, we- it was. It was mechanics with him, and we've talked about this on the show before. And and Tony, you actually had a tweet thread. I want to say it was two weeks before the season started, where you broke down his delivery. I love you breakdowns. There's, love breakdowns. There's a ton of different stuff out there. I'll, I'll see if I can go find. Yeah, you uh, see if you can breakdown. find that because he, you had broke down delivery from Vanderbilt, and then when he had come. It, it, up into the Sox system and, and made his way up to the, the major leagues. And you, I, I believe you had said that his windup had, had become longer and the head movement was unstable. And that was why he was struggling to pitch so much. And that, that was just something that you had brought out. And when he went to driveline, and this is from talking with uh, White Sox Dave, he was like, he should sh- you know, he, he should be shoring that stuff up and getting back to the basics of what made him a first-round draft pick. 
because obviously, again, like Zoe pointed out, when you go back and you watch those Vanderbilt highlights, and I understand that none of us here work in the front office. I get we're not scouts. We're just guys on the outside looking in, usually alcohol-fueled, and maybe our judgment is shitty sometimes. But uh, I, he had really good stuff. and I and Dude, it's gross. I, that's what I mean. And I just, it's like I no reason a, to believe he wouldn't be good. I just found a tweet from September 24th last year. This game is going exactly how you would expect, given we've already seen Carson Fulmer and Hector Santiago, and we're only in the second. <laughs> oh, God. I, I I will say that I know he's not even on the show today, but Jordan Lazowski had a very the, probably the spiciest of spicy meatball takes in the last four episodes, and he didn't even appear. Well, while we're on meatball takes, Lucas Perfetti, and this has nothing to do with the White Sox, uh, there was a tweet from Sunday Night Football with uh, uh, William, the refrigerator Perry, scoring the touchdown. And he said that mm-hmm. it was a gimmick. He said, fuck this gimmick. They robbed the goat <laughs> of a glorious moment he deserved. Walter put this team on his back, and it was built around him. For years he had nothing and never complained, and this hurt him. This was Sweetness's touchdown that he never got to score. He deserved it more than anyone. And I, I, he wants a shout-out. I called that a meatball take. <laughs> It's a, it's so common. I mean, I, I'm a little bit older than you guys. I can tell you right now. I mean, Bears fans are going to say that for ever. I mean, it is what it is. Some people think Dicka did it on purpose. Blah blah blah. And I guess another big meatball take is I just, I think Mike Dicka's to blame for the demise of the Bears instead of being a great coach. But it's a baseball show. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think. It's a valid take, but it's just I don't know what you want to do. It's just it is what it is. I'm still trying to find this this Carson Fulmer breakdown. I'm like, watching highlights right now of him at Vanderbilt, there, and I might have to. Oof. It's yeah, he's he was awesome. Like in it, you know, there's no there's no arguing that fact. Definitely, no. definitely no arguing that fact. But since we've broken some people down, you know, what you're kind of looking for and whatnot, man. We want to start getting mm-hmm. into some fun stuff here. Uh, favorite Sox game that you've been to in person? I'm going to catch shit for this. I know I'm going to catch shit for this, and it's fine. <laughs> I've taken it before. I was at Burley's Perfect Game, and I know there's a million and one people that say, I was there. I have my ticket stub in a frame. I was there. My dad's boss gave him the tickets. He couldn't use them, so he gave them to me. I went to the game. I was at Burley's Perfect Game. So that's 1A. 1B is another Burley game. Uh, it was in Milwaukee when Burley hit his only home run. You and I were both at that game. Yeah, we were both at that game. I was in the up, 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 because that was young broke. Young broke, Zoe, making a, you know, rubbing my two nickels together that I had to my name to drive up to Milwaukee to watch the Sox play. And that and was then, summer 2009, correct? So I believe yep. that, it, yeah, summer 2009. Yep. And, uh, but no, I mean, hands down, I got to see a perfect game with the catch. And I was in the club seats, 300 level first and only time I've ever sat in those seats. And I was on the right field line. Uh, actually, well, obviously didn't know it at that time, right by the 108 guys. Um, but it, it was an unreal experience. I was living in Florida. <laughs> during the world series run because i was in college so i didn't get to go to any of those games um my father and my brother did i'm not bitter at all um (laughs) but uh 
Yeah, so, I mean, when you ask a question like that, you got to think of something historic that happened, and it has to be Burley's perfect game. Fantastic. I, there's Yeah, there's no arguing that you get to take in a perfect game and that not be one of your favorites. Uh, right. I don't, I don't think... I don't think many people actually get to go watch those in person. I'll be, and I'll no be, one can give you a shit either because you got that shit document. You got receipts. Right. You know what I'm but saying? Still you to got this the day, If anybody tweets out like, oh, I was there on the anniversary, you know, people are like, I was there. Then you get 50 people that are like, oh, yeah, so was a million other people. And I get that. I totally understand it. And I, as you can tell, I get a little defensive about it. But <laughs> fucker, I was there and I remember it. And I went to get a beer and I came back or I went to pee because it was late in the game and I came back and right before I sat down, Dwayne Wise made the catch. You know and what, Buzz? If Buzz was at that game, he would have been in the bathroom for sure. Here like we go. staring Here at we a go. wall. <laughs> and I would have to go find his ass. This is fucking and like, ridiculous. You know, we're like, this is going to happen. There's going to be some historical moment that happens for this team and Buzz will be so messed up and I'll be I'll be out there with him, like on the concourse, as like I don't know. They hit like the game-winning home run in a playoff game or some <laughs> shit. And like Buzz is like you know just lost, you know, phone in a cup of cheese, that type of thing. Oh. <laughs> it happened one time. Like you know, how many games did we go to? It happened one time. The fucking Jello shots came back and got me. You know, what, I don't you know what's really you know what's really funny is last night when everybody was here. You're like, somebody was like, oh, was that the game that Buzz was in the bathroom? And then, like, somebody goes, no, 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 that happened multiple times. Now I'm, like, thinking back. And I'm like, there were multiple times last year where you went lost. They got lost at the Sox game. and people. Buzz, you got to get one of those things where you, like, just strap it on and you got the pouch, like, on your back. Yes, we already already decided we're getting him one of those little monkey, like, backpack leashes so that we can all keep an eye on him. We'll take turns. (laughs) We're going to time me to a fucking chair, Time to the chair. I don't know what happened. I don't. I don't remember what happened. I remember I went to go take a piss, and then I, like, zoned out. And, like, I was not by – I was by the door where you, like, walk out of the bathroom to go back because we were all sitting in the 108. And I guess I was just staring at the wall, and Tony's like, dude, what are you doing? And I kind of, like, turned around. I'm like, what? And he was just like, the Sox are about to win the game. Like, let's go. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, all right. And he's like, what have you – you've been gone for, like, 20 minutes. And I was just staring at the wall. I don't – I don't. I, I can run really fast oh, when I'm so drinking, cold. but you know I can't. I, I like to say I sprint marathons, but I usually die out at like the first mile because it's, it's a just, fantastic uh, sentence. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's basically it's basically the the modern day equivalent of like the tortoise and the hare. They're gonna write a book like the Buzz and everybody else, and Buzz can... starts the race off like. He's got all the confidence in the world because he's going to win this thing. He goes harder <laughs> than anybody else. But then at the end of the night, there's Buzz staring at That's the wall. That's funny, dude. That's funny, dude. <laughs> you know, at, at least I didn't blow chunks. And I was just staring at a wall. And I was just, man, I'm a grown-ass man. I mean, they're going to start putting, like, you know, have you seen this child? Is it going to start happening, I think, if I keep doing these damn jello shots? We're going to get a shirt I... that says, have you seen this child? And it's just going to be your face. <laughs> oh, that's fucked up. They got that thing, though, that, like, you put on your, like, remote control or your car keys where you can locate it on your, you know, on your phone. Like, a, Oh, yeah, yeah. Just strap it on, like, the bill of Buzz's hat. So then, like, you're like, where the fuck's Buzz? You just look on your phone. You're like, oh, he's in section 152. Someone go get him. 
See, the same thing happened. I know we're getting into story time, but, you know, who gives a shit? It's a fun time. There's not a lot going on right now. But the same thing happens, though, when we were at the Akeem Hicks signing. Yep. Um, and pro, pro Jersey Sports were like, oh, we don't want you guys to bring alcohol in. And we brought in, you know, those water bottles filled with vodka. And then everybody's like, we're going to go to the, what is that place called? The Beer Garden? The Burger Garden? In Bolingbrook Promenade? Beer Market. It's that restaurant. Beer and Market. Like, oh, there we're going to go there. And I guess everybody found me at Lids, and I was staring at the the sock. Beer Market. Yeah, the Beer mm-hmm. Market. And I'm sitting there staring at the, again, I'm staring at a wall, but at least this, it had socks hats on it. You know, I, it's just a, it's a thing that just happens. I don't, I don't know. It was a weird existence. They can't hang for the first hour, and then I'm, I'm pretty much cashed on out about <laughs> an hour later because I, you know, nine beers six jello shots, a couple other shots, and it's just, it's game, it's game over. Everything goes dark, and I usually wake up in the shower, and I know where I'm at again. Buzz is sounding (laughs) a little bit robotic because the internet in Manhattan right now is down, and he's on a hot hot spot, so he's, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fight through this and see if it, see if it improves for Buzz over there, Um, Mm -hmm. while, while he figures that one out. um, I am going to get you the next question here, though, so. All right. What what what's the best place for you to watch a ball game? Is it is it at the park, uh, at the specific section, or somewhere else? Do you have a, a favorite bar that you frequent for the games? Is it right at home? Where, where do you enjoy taking the ball game in? I don't think there's ever going to be a substitute for being at a ball game. You know what I mean? Like the the smells, the sounds, the especially these days being able to see people from White Sox Twitter. Obviously, the one away guys are great and like. You know, just walking around and being like, oh, hey, what's up, Tony? You know what I mean? Like, just running into people, doing the tailgate parking lot thing. That's There's never going to be a substitute for that. But I moved out into a pretty remote section of the Burbs probably about five years ago. And there's not really too many bars that I go out to around here. I'm getting a little older. But I set up my garage. So I purpose- I love opening my garage door on a... 75 80 degree night opening that garage door putting the white Sox game on i got a comfortable ass chair out there i got a gigantic beer fridge and i just put the game on and it's kind of like the bat signal now for my block so like once people see that you know people come in kind of like what you were talking about earlier with all your neighbors and how you guys all open up your garages and so i just open the garage i play and people come over sit down have a beer or two watch a couple innings they leave someone else come I just I love doing we've, that. We've got the same thing going on, and I love that. I love yeah, that. I, love I, that. I. There's no substitute. I mean, again, one with a bullet is being at the game. Nothing will ever top like a 80 degree day on the south side, not a cloud in the sky, cold beers, good game, whatever. But that's getting kind of expensive. So <laughs> and, I was yeah. I was I was talking with NWI Steve yesterday. He dropped by the garage. And he and I had a few beers. Uh, we were just talking, uh, you know, baseball and the the no fan thing. If we do get a season this year, and mm-hmm. you know, we were we were going back and forth with this, but there's not going to be fans this year. The White Sox have a perfect setup, and, and in my opinion, hear me out on this idea: sell tickets to be in the parking lot for the game. Set up video screens. You can pay your beer, your beer vendors to walk around. You can cook food. You can open up concessions. We've already got outdoor restaurants open in the city. Mm-hmm. 25 bucks a car or even 10 bucks a person in the car. 
I guarantee mm-hmm. you people will pay it. Set up the lots, put up video screens, light off fireworks when they hit home runs, get drone aerial coverage of, of the fans who are out there, broadcast it on TV, and just give people that tailgate experience and make some money. If you're the White Sox, why don't you do this? This, this, this would be great, I think. I, I don't know about you, Zoe, but I'm packing the car up at least once a week if the Sox are home with all the on-tap guys just to tailgate in Lot B, watch it on a big projector screen, or set up little TVs around there. Let everybody bring their own TVs in there. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We'll watch it on a laptop. But just to be out there tailgating with other fans, you could still do it socially distanced in your own little tailgate spots. Draw, put down some lines and give yeah. everybody some space. You want to pay premium, you can get up close. I don't care. Figure something out. But I think that the White Sox have a really special opportunity to do something, even though they can't let people in the ballpark. They still should be able to sell food, alcohol, cut alcohol off it at the seventh inning like you would in a normal ball game, and then let people go home. I think it would be great. You know, people would be able to take their families out there, play catch with their kid in the parking lot with a football, whatever. You just the same right. normal stuff you see right before a baseball game. They can still do that, I, I would assume. I don't, yeah, I don't know the legalities of a lot of that stuff, but I would. 100%. I think that's fantastic. I mean, maybe, you know, you let one car in and you keep it one car every five spots. Mm-hmm. So it's all spaced out. You can buy those blow up projector screens for like a couple hundred bucks now on Amazon. You just pop some of those up, tie them down to the light poles and whatever you can. I'm sure the White Sox got some extra, you know, they could afford a couple projectors. Um I love the beer guys walking around. I think that's fantastic. And the food, because you give those people who are currently not making that money that they normally would a chance to make some of that cash. Um, And I've said this a thousand times, and I'll say it 2,000 more, but the White Sox sense of community, especially over the last couple of years, is insane. It's like one of my favorite parts about being a White Sox fan is at any given time you can go on Twitter and talk baseball or life or anything with someone from this White Sox community. And a lot of these people, unfortunately, I haven't even gotten to meet in real life. But, you know, I feel like I can bump into them. Like the day I meet King Mac in real life, it's going to be like seeing one of my old buddies. You know what I mean? Like it's and you have a relationship where you talk to these people every day. And you do. And so that's why I think something like Tony's idea would work out fantastically because White Sox Twitter alone will fill lot B. You know what I mean? Like yes. you just you just fill it and it would be worth their while. They'll make money. I'm sure Cork and Carey would love it, too, because you could just walk across, go to Cork and Carey, come back. A lot of the local bars that are going to be hurting from no fans are going to appreciate it. I don't know. I, again, I'm farthest thing in the world from a lawyer. I don't know what the legalities of it are. I I don't know. I think that'd be awesome if they can do it. I I, just, I was going down this road with with NWI Steve yesterday, and we were talking about how you you look at across the other side of town and you see the Cubs just in financial ruin right now, and there's no place for them to really do this. I'd be surprised though if they didn't work some sort of deal out if they're playing games at Wrigley to put people in the rooftop in limited capacity. I don't mm-hmm. exactly know how that would work. Um, again, just like you, not a lawyer, don't know who owns yeah. those things, if that still counts as fans. But if you're allow, if the city is allowing people to dine outside, I kind of envision this as, well, it's an outdoor restaurant at Shy Sox Bar and Grill, right? Yeah. That, that patio should be open during a White Sox game. 
So should the parking lot and the people there. He can let people in to uh, the Chicago Sports Depot with a mask on to go buy White Sox gear. Like, they can still operate some portions of their business and bring some money in. Whereas you go across the other side of town, you got the Cubs. If, if, if baseball starts, we don't even know if half the Cubs fans in the city are going to be able to watch Marquee Network. You know, right. there's, there's just so many things about what's going on with the Ricketts family and, and the financials of that team where I feel like if they were able to open up something and do, um, you know, some sort of tailgate atmosphere, they would. And there's not a lot of ballparks out around that can do it. I know Milwaukee would be another great place uh, mm-hmm. to host these types of things. But just trying to think outside the box here and, and get some sort of ideas for people that still get together and watch the games. Because, Zoe, you, you hit on something uh, when you talk about the garage and opening up the garage. It's like a bat signal for people to come over. Baseball's better when we're all together watching it and talking yes. about it. And that's, again, that goes back to the White Sox Twitter thing. Even if I'm sitting at home watching a game and I'm able to talk about it with people on Twitter, I think that's mm-hmm. what makes it so special is that you can actually get that same experience as your not the exact same, but the experience of being able to talk about a game, talk about, hey, at White Sox Twitter will bitch about a lineup card, you know, right. and everybody's got to take on that. But it just gives you different opinions and senses and you can learn a lot about the game of baseball just from all of the great minds that are out here in the white Sox twitter community i think it's i think it's awesome it's excellent but if there's ways that we can get together as fans um i think lot b would would like you said hold white Sox twitter uh, mm-hmm. being able to take these games in with the people that we, we talk about this team and we podcast about these teams we write about this team uh, getting to experience those games together in some shape or form is, I think, something that everybody would welcome with open arms here. I, I'm no argument here. At I absolutely all. agree with that. I'm sorry about the internet going crazy. God dang, Manhattan internet. I'm tired of it. But I think that we're back and we're back. Yeah, in you're black good. Here. Yeah. yeah, we should be all good. Um, so I want to get into another question here. Uh, what are you drinking at the ballpark? Because I know that question wasn't asked yet. I know you're a Bush Light guy, but, I mean, you know they have that awesome craft cave there, so I don't know if you go and you know, no, dive into any of that. No, you don't. Oh, <laughs> no. okay. So you're, you, keep it, you keep it nice and simple then, I'm assuming. Yeah, I have went through my craft beer phase, and I got nothing wrong with it. It's just, dude, craft beer is just give me – I've had serious migraines since I was a kid, and craft beer just gives me gnarly ass – hangovers and it got to the point where i just was like you know what juice ain't worth the squeeze i'm gonna sit here and just drink bush lights and wake up and feel great the next day uh you know if it's like a super hot day at the park vodka lemonades are always really good oh yeah i I thoroughly enjoy those on a hot day oh god i miss that that sounds awesome right now um yeah i mean I'm not one to say no to alcohol, but you can't mess with a Modelo at, when you're in the park because they don't sell bush lights. So you go and find a Modelo and yeah, I'm pretty. Call it a I'm, day, right? Yeah, I'm very simple, man. Very, very simple. I, I see. I moved away. I moved away from the craft beers about two years ago um, when we were consistently doing the outcasts. Juice and I would, uh, you know, we would have like you know let's crack one open it would always be a different beer from a different brewery mm-hmm. um as i've gotten older man i just stick to my miller light and if i do buy a more expensive beer it's usually a sour i like sours so i'll, I'll mess with those but um i can't do the our, our buddy jim 
who writes for on tap he, he covers all of our all the different beers and stuff like that that guy he puts away double ipas ipas i mean just anything and i, I can't do it anymore man i don't know why it just doesn't tickle my fancy so i I, I we we were in a conversation. I believe Jim was a part of it on on White Sox Twitter about when guys are going to hit the craft cave. You know, oh, they got gumball head now, or they have this, or they have that. Mm-hmm. I just I can't do it anymore, man. I find myself a, a Modelo or a Miller Lite if I can, and uh, that's what that's what I'm drinking. Tony, I know you're just the Budweiser guy. You're 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 drinking the Jet Fuel, right? Yeah, I've, I've got the Jet Fuel, but I I do dabble in the craft stuff. I again, just like you, Buzz, and maybe it's our age. Maybe it's our age, but two years ago, you wouldn't catch me without like an anti-hero or some other mm-hmm. form of IPA in my hand at some point during the day. Um, I started when I started drinking beer. It was Budweiser, and then when I discovered craft, it was like all pale ales, IPAs. Um, you know, I get into others. I never got into the sours, but uh, or or the Belgian whites. I, I don't know what what it is about Belgian whites that I just it just doesn't taste right to me. But, uh, yeah, now it's it's just kind of been right back to, to the Budweiser all the time. And you, mm-hmm. you saw the beer fridge yesterday, Buzz. I've got, I've got tons of craft beer. I think I need to have Jim come finish some of those because I'm like, every time I have people over, I'm like, oh, just drink this. And everybody wants to stay with their, with their like, domestic light beer because right. they're, they're there, unlike Buzz, they're there for the marathon. Buzz is there to sprint. <laughs> the shots are deep in this one. You know, how many how many cups of jungle juice did you have yesterday? It was like one or two cups of jungle juice. My wife made had, my wife made jungle juice yesterday. We still have like yeah. two and a half gallons of jungle juice left. We went through I, almost. I had, I had two, man, because I didn't want what ended up happening to me happen, and it, and it happened. And I'm like I said, I woke up this morning, and I'm just kind of like now. My head hurts, man. You know, like I was like, I can't. If I would have stuck with the Miller Lite and a couple of Jello shots, I know my limits. But uh, I will, but to the, I will say that especially during this COVID or whatever, I've been drinking uh, that Goose Island White Sox ale. I don't oh, know. That, is that, yeah, does that it. count as a craft beer? I, I don't even know. I, I don't really know. I, it's I kind mean, of middle of the road, but I, I'm sure yeah. Jim would give a ruling on that. He's probably gonna say no. It's not micro enough. Just knowing, For, just knowing beer people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. He'll probably say that, but if it's got a White Sox logo on the can, I think we can determine that it's cool and tough. Right, Buzz? Oh, absolutely. And you can drink absolutely. 12 of them, though. Like, it's some of those craft beers, I could have one or two, and I'm like, uh, okay. But I've sat, I've, a couple of times during this quarantine session, I've sat down and drank 12 of those White Sox ales in one sitting, and it was fine. It felt great. Absolutely. I think that's that's the one thing too is I've I've kind of adapted away from the like I'm gonna have three or four eight nine percent beers, like a <laughs> double IPA, and just be done for the day. To mm-hmm. I want to be able to enjoy six to twelve Budweisers through the course of the ball game or night or whatever it is. So yep. Right. Ooh. So um, I guess we're going to move into uh, on one of our we have a couple questions left, if you don't mind, Zoe. Um, I got time. Go ahead. Awesome. So uh, obviously we talked about the lot B thing. We fully expect you to when we get it back out there. I know you're going to make an appearance, so I don't really even need to ask that question because we kind of touched on it already. So uh, nope. favorite White Sox Twitter personality, man. We usually do shout outs on this show, um, but mm-hmm. I figured I'd just ask you, you know, you know what your favorite White Sox Twitter personality is right now. Yeah, who, who are you jiving with? That's that's such a, a tough question. It, just it is. 
It is. I really, I mean, you got all you guys on the on tap. You got all the, you know, the 108 guys. You got my co-host from Pinwheels and Ivy, even though they're all Cubs fans. But, like, I guess to, you know, like Ken W.O., like all those people, um, I guess it's to stray from, I guess, the more popular lanes. Like I mentioned earlier, King Max, my dude. Uh, me and him just kind of see eye to eye on a lot of things. Uh, uh, Liam Menus. Okay, yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, Liam's my dude. Uh, I actually play 16-inch with him. Probably one of the funniest guys I've ever met. Uh, Menus is a really good dude. He doesn't have enough followers, so people go follow him. Like, he's – it's worth it, trust me. Um I mean, that's it's so hard. That's such a loaded question when it comes to it because I don't want to leave anybody out. But, like, uh, your guy's new guy, Summer George, that dude, he, <laughs> he earned my follow during the 108 tourney. And since then, I've talked to him a couple times and, you know, DMs and stuff. That dude's just a solid guy. Uh, he was one of the guys I really look forward to, you know, having two tree beers with at a Sox game this year. Um so there's, I just love, I'm a, you, it, you'd be hard to find a bigger advocate for White Sox Twitter, but I guess to, for some people that, people that listen to this show might not know offhand, it would be King Mac menus and you should all know Summer or George by now. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. All right, Buzz, what else, what else you got for him here? That, that was the last actual question. I mean, um, you know, he, he gave an underrated follow in there. He, you know, he gave a guy that he wanted people to follow, you know, uh, and Liam, he wanted more people to follow him. So, I mean, that just kind of wrapped up the questions. And we already had a meatball take of the day out of Zoe, did. which <laughs> is did. fantastic. So he I did. guess we should just move into our, our, uh, our socks on tap shout outs. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry if you just heard Ren in the background that she's thought, talking through the yeah, she's talking through the kitty door right I now. I thought that was I thought that was your cat there for a second. I'm like, I've no, never I've, heard the cat in the basement. So for people who don't know, Buzz has a cat that lives in his basement. I've only seen it once. I don't yeah. even I don't even know if I actually saw it or was just drunk enough to <laughs> like think I think saw, you saw this it. cat. But I I was really excited there because I was gonna actually confirm that it's still alive. <laughs> yeah, no, the cat's definitely alive. It's just an asshole. I mean, that's why you don't see it. It just stays away. Ever since we had the the baby, the cat hates the baby, so it just stays in its stays in its little designated area and does not come out. So um, that was Ren. I, I I do apologize about that. But we do uh, socks on tap shout outs, and um, you know, I I'm, I want to start if that's all right with everybody. I'm going to start with the shout out this week. Yeah. Um, I'd like to shout out Hot Take Tommy. And the reason I'd like to, and uh, he's on Sons of Hanarchy podcast. The reason I like to shout out Tommy is because last week I got a DM from Steve-O and Tommy, and they asked if I would be on Tuesday's edition of the Sons of Hanarchy podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah, dude, no problem. I, you know, that's cool. We'll do it for sure. So Tommy then right on the podcast, he says at the end of it, we landed a big fish. And I'm just kind of like, what? I'm like, he's got to be trolling right now and then he writes it in the dm he goes oh man we're so excited to have you on it's nice to land a big fish for the podcast i'm like bro i'm a nobody (laughs) you know big fish yeah i was just like what i was but i wanted to shout him out because he doesn't he does not have a lot of follows on twitter and i think he should he's pretty smart guy when you listen to him on the podcast he's got a lot of great takes 
And uh, I just, I really, you know, I think he's a good dude. Um, and hopefully if he is listening to this again, I am, I am not a, a big fish any, by any means necessary, but uh, I did not let my ego get inflated after he said that I, I choose to not have an ego, but I do, I did think that was awesome. I, so I'd like to shout him out this week for just being a good dude and him and Steve-O inviting me on the pod, uh, which we'll be record, recording Tuesday. So uh, yeah, those are some great guys. I got to meet them at Sox Fest for the first time. And both of those dudes are really cool. It's a good show. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I got to meet Steve-O um, at the ballpark a couple times. I met Tommy at the ballpark once, and then we were all together at um, Reggie's for mm-hmm. that uh, the After Sox Fest event for, uh, from the 108. Um, so that was that was really cool. Really good dudes, man, and uh, real. I mean, they're really nice guys, So and they, they put out good content. So I wanted to you know throw a little shout-out their way. Tone, you got anybody in mind? Uh, you know, not exactly White Sox Twitter. His name's already come up here once. It's Lucas Perfetti. Um, I got to shout him out just because of, of last night. Uh, the dude was drinking jungle juice out of, out of a measuring cup, cup <laughs> and uh, then proceeded to order over $100 worth of McDonald's, McDonald's because all the pizza places were closed and McDonald's was the only thing open at like midnight. And I think he killed probably like five or six Big Macs. But the, what, takes the Jesus. Cake, what takes the cake is the fact that he was so generous with this that Ron Luce, our Cubs guy, was passed out in my basement, and he brought down a Big Mac for Ron, and he left it on the floor for him when he woke up in the morning. Now, I'm not sure. I'm not a food <laughs> sanitation expert. <laughs> like I say, like, you know, but I don't know if – I don't know if that was exactly kosher or if it would still be good by the time that Ron woke up, but I will tell you this. I'm in the basement five feet from where Ron slept. That Big Mac is gone. So, <laughs> and I, I don't see any evidence around that, you know, like he just threw it away. So Bro, I don't know if Ron ate this. Nuggets, man. Yeah. He ordered over a hundred chicken nuggets. <laughs> it was, That's it was fantastic. quite a sight to see. If you're not following, uh, Lucas Perfetti, uh, our bears guy, uh, you should be, uh, he's, he's awesome. And also Ron, Ron's, Ron's a great guy. Uh, he's a closet white Sox fan that does a Cubs show. We all know that, too. Uh, but th- th- that's some shout-outs. And, and shout-out to Zoe, too, Zoe. We, we got to go back and forth on Gordon Beckham versus uh, Nick Magical uh, a little bit earlier this week. And regardless if you were on the show or not, uh, the, the gif uh, that you have of Magical uh, lifting the two women up uh, that, you, that you dropped there, uh, followed by the uh, the Gordon Beckham flow picture, I felt like was peak White Sox Twitter moments for this week. Yes, we went back fantastic. On that one. So, uh, shout out to you as well. I'll turn the mic over to you. Who do you got? Um, well, I guess I'd be remiss, and I know they're Cubs fans, and this is a White Sox show. But my co-host for the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast, uh, Aldo Soto, um, Aldo's just funny as shit. Dude's hilarious, very witty sense of humor very quick sense of humor uh he is a cubs guy but he'll tweet about mlb a lot um so yeah make sure you go follow aldo and then my other host is uh <laughs> it's kevin fiddler now fiddler's a funny dude man fiddler is uh very high energy um he's got a heart bigger than my house um he's a high school baseball coach in las vegas uh trust me if you talk to him for more than 10 minutes, you'll find out he was Chris Bryant's high school coach. Uh, he loves he, the man. <laughs> the man loves Chris Bryant. And I get it. I mean, it's got to be cool to watch a kid that you coached 
and I guess Chris was like his student assistant. So like they were like tight and then to have the career he's had. Um, and I know Kevin's still tight with Chris's father and brother as well, but Kevin does a lot for those kids in Vegas. He's very passionate about the Vegas high school baseball scene, insanely knowledgeable about baseball. And if you're an old school baseball fan, Fiddler's your flavor because he loves old school baseball, bunting, every all that shit. So that's where a lot of the comedy in our show comes because me and him are very opposite on a lot of things. But at the end of the day, he's a really good dude. So I think his handle's like at KFids. So shoot those guys a follow. They are Cubs fans, so you are going to see some Cubs tweets. But they do tweet MLB, and I don't know. They're just good dudes. Oh, absolutely. And Kevin does good work over there with the Sin City Sports Mockery as well. Yeah, he's running yeah. the whole Vegas thing himself. So Yes. So, I mean, he's, you know, he, he's done really well with that. And Fid, Fiddler's a great guy, man. We have, I've had many, many conversations with, with Fiddler and Aldo as well. Good good people, mm-hmm. put out good content over at Pinwheels and Ivy for sure. Um, well, I mean, other than that, guys, I really don't have anything else. I did go to the local grocery store, Burkhot's Day, and I picked up filet mignon on sale. Never made one in my life, but it's going to be the first – yeah, I know. I'm, I'm getting fancy as hell. So it's going to, uh, you know, oh, I think I'm going to get fancy gotta, as hell. I, 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 th- I guarantee him right now he's already in uh, Shane Reardon's DMs asking him how to cook this thing. I did. I did not, actually. I did not. I called I called my dad, and then my dad had drank too many Ice House already to tell me how to do anything. So it's pretty <laughs> much uh, it's pretty much I'm winging it. So we're going to see how it turns out, but I'm going to throw him on the grill. Nothing like fly-by-night uh, filet mignon. Yep. <laughs> Hey man, that's how I do everything, man. I just don't think. I just I just go in, man. I just go in and do it and we'll, you know, deal with the consequences after the fact, you know. Shoot first, ask questions later. That's my mantra, you know. But um yeah, that's all I got. You guys have anything else to add to the episode? Zoe, I mean, thank you, dude, for coming on. I know we've been, you know, you and I have tailgated at Bears games together. I can't wait to, for our first Sox game where we're tailgating, you know, with our favorite probably our favorite team in the city so i mm-hmm. think thank you for coming on so much man it means a lot to us and i hope everybody enjoyed this episode tony you have anything to add before we uh we get on out of here yeah no thanks Zoe, for for hopping on i've been looking forward mm-hmm. to uh getting to share a microphone and, and talk white Sox baseball with you for some time now man it was uh it was a pleasure to have you on and uh, hopefully we get to do this again soon uh, i know we talked a little bit about the draft uh earlier uh in the show uh be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com We'll have a bunch of White Sox draft coverage up there. I won't steal Buzz's full outro, but I will mention that we will have some draft coverage for you. Probably another show as well at the conclusion of the draft, uh, just to break down uh, what actually went on with the White Sox selections. Um, and if anything else, because it is, well, time for some actual baseball news. What do you guys think? Can't wait. Yeah, Can't ho- wait, dude. Hopefully, hopefully with this draft coming up, we can, we can start to see the uh, – the union and the owners get closer and closer to making an agreement for us to actually talk about baseball games this summer. Cause man, I'm, I'm ready for that. I don't know about you guys, but I'm definitely ready for that to happen. And yeah, uh, I think we're all Jones and we're definitely yeah. all Jones and for oh, it. Big time, yeah. big time. And, uh, that's, that's all I've got uh, again. Uh, so thank you very much for coming on. Uh, let no, thanks. Close it out the way thanks for having is. me guys. Absolutely uh, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me and you know, keep doing your thing. I'm, very much enjoyed watching the on tap network grow and grow and grow. And you guys got some really good people there. You guys are doing your thing, sticking to your guns. It's very commendable and I'm excited to see where it goes. So thank you again for having me. Thank you. Absolutely. Everybody be sure to go to on for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. 
If you want any additional draft coverage, please check out Billy Refield's article on ontapsportsnet.com where he breaks down some White Sox uh, picks, much like Zoe did earlier in the episode of people he's looking at for the 11th pick. Check, please uh, be sure you're following Zoe on Twitter and at Pinwheel, I, Pinwheels and Ivy Pod. Um, check them out as well. We'll be back after the draft with an episode, and of course, next Sunday for Sunday Fun Day. So uh, we'll lead it out with the uh, White Sox Forever. White Sox Forever.